ghosts, cryptids, murder, conspiracies, beer, what, the, ale. All righty. Hello, friends. Hello. <laughs> uh, welcome back to What the Ale. I'm Alana Ray. And I'm Mama J. And um, we are now in the second, third week of October. We're getting, we're getting along in this, in this Halloween season. Um, how, how, how's your Halloween been going? Any What the Ale moments for you? <laughs> well, my what the old moment before today is right before we got on this call, I was making chili rellenos for dinner. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you have to cut the peppers and then stuff them. Mm -hmm. And of course, we are fans of Broadway in this family. So, you know, musical theater fans. So, of course, while my youngest child is helping me stuff the peppers, what do we do? We sing Feed Me Seymour. <laughs> because... They look like little mouths. <laughs> um, so we had a time stuffing the poblano chilies for our dinner um, with some beautifully slow cooked pork and cheese, and they look delicious. But yeah, um, we definitely were singing "Feed Me Seymour" from you know fabulous Broadway because that's the family that we are. <laughs> we love a little shop moment we love yeah. a little shop moment um well that's very fun um sounds a lot more entertaining than my evening so far I've just been <laughs> I got home from work and like ate like pizza and watched trash tv for half an hour so yeah nothing too crazy on my end <laughs> um but now let's see my what the yell moment this week um Oh, I have a bone to pick with my boss at my day job. Well, not my boss. I don't know who it is, but my like pay, I don't know. My job payment portal thing says that I was paid today, but my check has not hit. Oh, that's no fun. I know. And so, I mean, I assume it'll be there in the morning. I'm not too worried about it, but I was a little like, why, why are you not here? <laughs> So See, that's why it's good that you had some leftover pizza you could have for dinner tonight. <laughs> oh yeah. No, exactly. But um anyway, like I said, not a big deal. It'll probably drop tomorrow, but I was just a little like, what the hell? What the ale? Like, why aren't you yeah. here? What the ale? <laughs> Speaking of ale, what yeah. are you drinking? Oh, tonight I'm um just having a modelo negra. Um, because I did not have time to go to the shop and get some crafty beer. So I just had what I had around the house. So my trusted old Modelo, because it's a good one. It's a good one. I um, broke code and uh, also did not have time to go to the store. So I am having wine. Um, but I am having a Dark Horse Cabernet Sauvignon, which is very delicious. One of my staples that I grab when I'm at the grocery. So it looked good. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, you got Halloween plans coming up? I do. <laughs> um, I am 100% uh, having a pumpkin painting horror movie night type of thing with some friends from college. And I kind of told them, like, you can invite people because I'm just going to get a bunch of the little pumpkins oh, that's so we cute. could decorate a bunch of them. Because, like, I don't want to deal with pumpkin guts. I don't want to deal with whatever. So I thought, like, getting some paint and, like, little pumpkins would be really cute. Um so I think we're going to do that. And then 
I know that I am accompanying you all up to Apple Hill, which is one of our like big fall activities um, yeah. in Northern California. So I'm excited about that. Um, I saw the bar around the corner from my house is having a really lovely um, Halloween ball on Friday night, which oh. I'm debating about going. I have nothing to wear. I mean, it's not like a ball. There's going to be like a band and a DJ and it'll just be like a dance party. So I don't need to dress like super cute or anything. Um, but I am thinking about going to that potentially. I do have my um, Friday the 13th tattoo flash that day. So there is like a chance that I might be sore or tired or just end up staying in San Francisco. But if not, I might go to the bar. So I haven't decided okay. yet. But yeah. What about you? Any fun Halloween things coming up? Well, I super chaperone the queer prom on Sunday. And so that was really fun. And I dressed as Maleficent. Um, and it was funny there was a team that was there that had um, the Audrey 2 plant like as a puppet. And it was like very cool. And mm -hmm. my friend that I was chaperoning with, Jen, was dressed as a greaser. And oh, so okay. they said, hey, can we take a picture together and you could be the dentist? <laughs> so we got a really cute picture and all the teens had a lot of fun. There were some cute costumes. So um, I did that. And yeah. then I have a live Rocky Horror event that I'm going to. So it's not a shadow cast. It's an actual like live play kind of thing of Rocky Horror. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. So then I get to dress in my corset and do all the fun Rocky Horror things. Yeah. And then, yeah, really looking forward to going up up to Apple Hill with all of you. And then, yeah, hosting a party for the teens on actual Halloween. So nice. Yeah, I haven't decided what I'm doing on actual Halloween because it's a Tuesday. I have to work on Wednesday. I have a feeling I'll get some serious side eye from my boss if I call out on Wednesday. Yeah, I think so. So I love my boss, but she's a side eye type of gal. So, um, well, if you want to come hang with some teenagers, you can. They're very loud. <laughs> you know, I was thinking I might. There's a really great spooky bar here in Oakland that's spooky year round. But I think I might just drop in there for a pint like right after yeah. work and then watch a whole bunch of horror movies and call it good since I'm single and have no parties or plans. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, and then I have been rewatching the Saw movies because oh, the I love it. Um, and I think that I had only seen one to three when they all came out. Um, so I am, I just watched the fourth episode or fourth uh, movie. Yeah. Um, so trying to catch up so that I can watch the final or this new one It's probably not the final one, but <laughs> the new one. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I am not a fan of the gore porn aspect of the Saw movies, Yeah, but you know, after the main jigsaw guy dies and there's all the drama with all the other subsequent jigsaws and everything it is really interesting and some of the commentaries as they make on medical accessibility and that type of thing um and other things is really interesting for a horror franchise so I, yeah, I, I, I look like away with a lot of the gory stuff because I'm like I really don't need to see that but I agree it's interesting to see like how people handle different things or why they're put into those games. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I'm trying to get through those, but yeah, it's a lot of blood. A lot of blood. Um, so yeah, it's, it's tough. It's some of them. What was the one a couple years ago that was actually called Jigsaw? 
Um, I yeah, think so it was just called Jigsaw. That. I think I got to three and I was like, I'm done with the gory. So I just stopped mm-hmm. watching them. Um, but I kind of am like, well, you know, I'm going to look past that and get to the, like, what's the larger commentary about, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm rewatching. So I, yeah, I think I'm on four now. Okay. Yeah. That's not bad. I think, um, they're just so interesting. And so like, I don't know. I, I like them. Like I said, it, the, the gory stuff is hard. Some of the traps, I like literally can't watch the entire scene and just sit yeah. there until I hear yeah, it. Yeah, I cover my eyes at some parts. Um, I'm like, I want to see it. And it's not even like, I can do a slasher pick, but, you know, Saw's very much a bit more than a slasher. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a different level of disgusting. Yeah, yeah. So, um yeah I'm trying to think do we have any more housekeeping to handle before we get into the story Mm, I don't think so oh I want to say I realized we have a listener in Argentina I don't know if we've called them out yet but hello to our listener in Argentina hola (laughs) um I have never been to Argentina would love to go but um yes I would like to go to a malanga because I am a fan of an Argentine tango so oh, I would like to dance with you all and have a, <laughs> we have a pint there and do a malanga and have a dance and it would be fabulous because yes, I love Argentine tango. Oh, amazing. Would love it. I, I need to go to South America. That's like definitely next on my list, I think. Well, um, you and I need to get there because Machu Picchu is one of my mom's favorite places. So we need to go there to honor her too. Well, of course, but I want to, I want to do the, there's Machu Picchu and there's the other one in Peru where it's another temple you could climb up to. And I want to do both. I have a friend who did the other one too, and he said it was gorgeous. So I need to get the info about that. But yeah, yeah, no, Machu Picchu is absolutely my next like really big hike type of thing that I want to do. (laughs) Aside from maybe walking another Camino in a couple of years, but (laughs) we'll see about that. I will Um, do all of them except for Frances. (laughs) mom that's so harsh the north is harder than frances like what yeah man like why frances is one day frances is like the quote-unquote hardest because it's the longest but like i don't know i i think i would take frances over the north day and the north day is like all hill all the time well yes i would like to do the portuguese along the coast where it's more flat that's what i would like to do as our next one yeah, I'd like to do that, and I really want to do the Celtic one. The one thing with the Celtic one is it the way it's designed, you could start in two spots, but either way, it's not actually 100 kilometers, so you still have to add, like, 20 kilometers or something onto it because it's so short. So I'm trying to figure mm-hmm. out, like, maybe In order you walk- to get your Compostela? Mm-hmm. But I think you're, you would have to, like, walk oh, okay. one route, then walk to the other one, and then walk back down to – it's like a Y kind of. So I yeah. think you would kind of have to do like both prongs of the Y and then you have the whole hundred, but I don't know if that's real or not. <laughs> and for anybody that doesn't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the Camino de Santiago in Spain. Yes. Uh, my mom and I walked the Camino Primitivo, um, which was the original route from Oviedo to Santiago de Compostela uh, earlier in 2023. So we we're talking about some of the other routes that you could take because uh, there's about 10. So, yeah. It is a long walk, but it was fantastic. 
a long walk that's worth it though I think yeah it's exhausting <laughs> you feel like you're gonna die and your feet like take a month to recover but it was very well worth it but it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life for sure <laughs> physically so we we celebrated with a couple days in Barcelona after and it was great we did which is my one of my favorite cities in the world so it was pretty it was my first time in Barcelona and I loved it so yeah well we can get into my story um okay I felt like our last couple episodes had been a little longer and we've had a lot of ghosts recently and a lot of ghosts coming up so I decided to do a good old-fashioned murder okay uh (laughs) that sounds horrible but you know (laughs) it is what it is um but it is a shorter story. There's not a lot of evidence as it is unsolved and it happened in the 80s. So I'm just going to preface this by it is a little one, but it is worth being talked about, I think. So um, that's okay. My next will be a little longer because I deep dived into all the different YouTube videos and, you know, ghost adventurers and unsolved, you know, I watched all those shows. So I, mine will be longer because I want to talk about all the stuff that happened in the shows. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Perfect. Wonderful. Works for me. We balance um, each other out. <laughs> all right. Well, so I am covering the unsolved murder of James Adamski. Have you ever heard of this case? I don't think so. All right. So this case happened in upstate New York, um, specifically in... Um, like around Lancaster city or Lancaster town, but there's also um, Cheek Tawaga is like the main sort of place where this happened. Um, And so I guess I'll just get into it. So on October 30th in 1982, James Adamski left home and very sadly kissed his younger brother on the head saying, have a good time trick or treating before heading out to a bar Halloween party. Um, how old was he? The the brother? No, the, James, how old is he? He's 18. Eight, oh, he's only 18, okay. And at, at the time, um, it was legal to drink alcohol and go to bars in New York okay. um, at 18. So he was a high school senior at Depew High School. Um, you know, everyone they interviewed after and everything said that he was like the nicest guy no one had anything but like amazing things to say about him as far as they knew there were no enemies like he just seemed like a really stand-up kid um and so he decided to dress up as a quote-unquote american gigolo um i don't really know (laughs) i don't really know what that means uh in terms of what his outfit meant uh they did not show pictures or describe it on any of the articles if it was in the 80s maybe it was after the movie probably that's my probably dressed like one of the characters or something Mm -hmm. but that Mm -hmm. that was like really the only name they gave um and or like description of the costume there were no pictures i looked (laughs) because i was curious um, but he ended up going to the five and 23 bar in Chictawaga, New York. Um, this bar was on the corner of transit road and Walden Avenue, um, which becomes somewhat important when it comes to looking at his last known whereabouts and things. Um, and that night, because it was the night before Halloween, I guess the bar had a promotion where it was basically advertised as pay once and drink all night. 
So I don't know how much you paid, but you basically got unlimited drinks the whole night. Wow. Uh, that sounds like bottomless brunch. <laughs> I mean, bottomless mimosa drag brunch. <laughs> I know, which I love. Be dangerous. I love, but it can be very dangerous. Um, it's actually funny. There's an ad in uh, the New York Times or a little article today that talked about how in San Francisco, brunch places are like wanting to get rid of the bottomless brunch because they're tired of cleaning up women's vomit. Like they're like straight girls need to stop girl. coming to brunch and getting drunk and throwing up all over our bathrooms. And I'm like, yeah, you know well, no, I would totally, <laughs> if I owned a restaurant, I would not have a bottomless brunch for that very reason. I don't want a drunk, bunch of drunk people making a mess in my place or throwing up. I, yeah. So if I owned a restaurant, I would not have that either. Yeah, me either. Um, and so anyway, that's just kind of like my own little pet peeve about bottomless brunch but um yes that sounds like a very dangerous combination halloween people drinking wild times um and while he was at the bar he did end up getting into an argument with some of the patrons they didn't say what had happened but they said whatever it was it was like a very drunken argument and it was squashed before anything physical happened so my guess is maybe there was like a scuffle over something dumb like you know, Star Wars is better than Star Trek or something. And the guys got heated and then it got squashed because people were like, that's not worth it. Um, okay. That type of thing. Because <laughs> everyone was like, it was not an argument that someone would get murdered over. Like, it was just not important um, to the story. And so then around, well, they don't really say what time he left the bar, but very early morning on October 31st, aka Halloween, he ended up leaving the bar. Um and he began a two-mile walk to his home, um, which, good job for not drinking and driving. Proud of him for that. But um, he had been walking with a girl that was at the bar with him. They didn't give her name or anything. They just mentioned the girl very briefly. Um, and they kind of parted ways. And so he was last seen walking alone on Transit Road around 3.30 in the morning. Um, and that's the last time anyone saw him alive. So the next morning, um, his parents wake up, you know, they go in his room, they search the house, they search the yard, they look everywhere. He's not there. He didn't make it home. And his parents are, you know, very like, this is really out of character. He never even like stays out late with friends without telling us like he would have told us if he was spending the night somewhere or at least like tried to call home, you know, but like there was nothing. Um, and to the credit of, you know, the Lancaster police, like they really like took this case seriously. I feel like a lot of times with teenagers, especially around that age, they're like, oh, they'll be a back or whatever. But they took this seriously yeah. and like, and especially in the eighties, you know, in the eighties, mm-hmm. they were always like, well, they have to be gone 24 hours before we can even take a report. And if they're 18, yeah, they would definitely be saying, well, they have a right to run off if they don't want to come home. And yeah. um, that was so common back then. I know they're working on that now. Um, but in the 80s, mm-hmm. yeah, they hardly ever took a report if it was an 18-year-old and it was a short time that they'd been gone. Yeah, yeah. So, like, to the police's credit, they really did hop on it and, like, were immediately good. doing sweeps of the area with volunteer firefighters and just volunteers in general looking for him. Um, And, you know, like I said, they interviewed the girl from the bar that he had walked home with and she was, like, cleared as a suspect immediately. They interviewed other people at the bar they were like, aside from the argument, there was no one at the bar he had bad blood with. There was nothing going on. Um, 
again the way they explained the argument at the bar it was like they were like it was a really dumb like both of them were drunk type of thing and it got squashed before anything happened and so they were like I'm not like they were like I'm not saying like someone wouldn't get murdered over that but they were like it's just it doesn't make sense like it was not an argument that was worth it they didn't say what the argument was but they everyone was like it was just such a small thing it wasn't like someone was like hurting another person or being a horrible person it was very like just dumb drunk arguments which I think we've all witnessed or been a part of (laughs) um so the search went on for weeks and weeks and weeks and um very tragically after almost two months of searching on December 26th his body was found in a shallow grave um, oh my gosh he was still was wearing... it like close to the bar or was it yeah so it was about four miles away from his last known whereabouts um, um and it was along the way they explained it was it was kind of along this stretch of road that bordered like train tracks and that there was like a ditch and his body was like buried and covered with you know leaves and stuff in the ditch but it wasn't like a deep enough grave to where oh. he was completely submerged okay and um he was discovered by two hunters who were just kind of hunting in the area i have to imagine like day after christmas in new york is probably freezing so there was probably also snow and or could have been snow they didn't say that in the report i'm just assuming based on what i know of that area um so that's probably what helped with you know him not being discovered for two months um something a lot of people said is like the place where he was buried was so like isolated, like whoever did this knew he wouldn't be found quickly or like wouldn't potentially not be found at all. Like they were like, that at least seemed really intentional. Um, And so kind of how his cause of death was found was that he had severe blunt force trauma to his forehead. Um, The coroner, kind of guessed it could have been a tire iron a plank of wood or a baseball bat that caused the injuries oh my gosh um and he was still in his halloween costume there was no evidence of like sexual assault or anything like that it really was just the blunt force trauma um and apparently the police have decided to keep a few pieces of evidence they found on the body or things about the body kind of a secret um and detective fowler who was the lead on that said he was doing that intentionally in case someone slipped up and said something so okay maybe someone wrote something on his body maybe there was something else i don't really know um but they're intentionally yeah, keeping i know a lot of things. times a lot of times they keep some things close to the chest so that, yeah, if anybody slips up, they can easily say there's no way you would have known that unless you were there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like a good thing to note. So, I mean, again, whatever it was, it could have been, you know, the only people who would know really are the police, the medical examiner, and probably the people who discovered his body, maybe his family, yeah. but no one else would know. Um, yeah. And so that's kind of what's really sad about this case is I mean they interviewed they said they interviewed hundreds of people and no one had any sort of evidence any sort of enemy any sort of you know bad blood anything um and what did the friends that he was with what did they say you know the 
so he had like kind of met people and then decided to leave on his own. Um, and so the people he was with were like, yeah, I mean, when he was at the bar, he was fine. He was very drunk when he left. He was very drunk, which is good that he was walking. But they were like, as far as we knew, like nothing else happened other than that little argument. Everything seemed fine. He was in good spirits when he left. Everyone like seemed in good spirits when he left. Nothing seemed to be weird. Um, Did he have to walk past that area where he was found to get home? Or was that because you said it was like four miles away? Yeah, I don't think so because it was only a two mile walk home. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I don't know that for sure, but I'm just assuming based on the way they described it, I don't think he was over there. Okay. Um, and like I had mentioned earlier, like the girl that he apparently had been walking with for a little bit, she was cleared after questioning. I don't know who she is, what they thought maybe she saw. They don't even have her testimony anywhere on the internet that I could find um okay so I don't know she, but the way they kind of explained it was she was like yeah like we left the bar around the same time we walked until we had to like part ways and then like I went my way and he went his way and that was it that's kind of the way it felt okay um and I'm not trying to sound like sexist or anything here at all but I do feel like a girl or a young girl probably doesn't have like the blunt force trauma like strength to like subdue someone but again you never know <laughs> but that's just kind of my thought with that um and so like I said the police interviewed all sorts of people no arrests and the case went cold um and the kind of working theory of the case is that he was most likely picked up by someone as a hitchhiker maybe and he decided to get in the car and that person was the person who killed him um that's kind of their working theory in terms of you know he was walking along the road he was found buried along the road he you know didn't as far as anyone could say <laughs> seem to have any enemies um and all of that so it really did sound like it was just like a weird like random murder that happened like that's the way that the, everyone's reported it yeah um what if they didn't find any like blood evidence anywhere else then maybe yeah maybe the hitchhiking thing makes sense because mm -hmm. you know maybe i don't know was there blood around the area where he was dumped did it look like he had been killed there or they didn't say if there was blood evidence but they had checked like the leaves and the twigs and stuff that were covering the body for fingerprints and things and they found nothing there so mm -hmm. i i mean i don't know how easily you can like put a fingerprint on sticks but i mean i assume you can i just you know they didn't see anything like that they didn't say anything about like blood evidence being on any of the stuff that was covering his body um the way I think they sort of suspected it, though, was like he had been killed and then dumped there. That was like the oh, way they at else. least made it sound. Yeah. Okay. And that's why I kind of like this hitchhiker theory, too, because maybe him and the driver got into some sort of argument or maybe the driver was just a bad dude and like, you know, beat him and he died in the car and um, was able to somehow hide that evidence and you know, I think about it, too, when you think about, like, long-haul truckers and things. Like, I was like, yeah, you could have had someone that was doing an overnight trucking thing or something. And like I said, there was no 
evidence really of anything else, at least that they mentioned, no like sexual assaults or like his clothes were on his body, like that type of thing. So as far as I can tell, it just seems like a random murder. That's just really sad. Okay. Um, I, really sad. yeah. And in 2017, actually, um, they were able to connect with crime stoppers. I don't know if you know that group, do you know of crime stoppers? Yeah. yeah I um, so for those who don't know, crime stoppers are a group of people who are kind of all over the country but they just look into cold cases and try to solve them. So they'll look at old evidence, court testimony. They try to apply, you know, modern forensics to old cases, that type of thing. And they have actually solved some really big cases. So Crime Stoppers is really amazing. Um, mm-hmm. But they raised, you know, a reward of $11,000. Um, and we're trying to do some of the DNA evidence and do more research. And apparently there were a few leads I could not find any evidence as to what those leads were, but okay. the case still remains unsolved. Um, no one has ever been arrested or charged in this case. No actual um, suspects have been named. Um, Crime Stoppers is still working hard to solve it, though. Um, and it just doesn't sound like there's a lot of forensic evidence. Like if he was killed somewhere else and then dumped there, I mean, at least if they had some suspects, they could, you know, maybe do some forensics work, but if there's no yeah. suspect, you know, there's no car to check or there's no, you know, um, clothing or anything like that from a suspect to check. That's really mm-hmm. hard. Yeah. And it's really sad. I mean, like both of his parents passed away in the early two thousands, so they will never know his younger brother is still alive. Um, but you know his brother has said like my family was never the same like my he reported how his parents were like so scared like the murderer would come after him like he wasn't allowed to like go out and do things and stuff like if he was living with them and like his parents were so paranoid you know which is so understandable I mean their son did as far as I can tell really nothing wrong and um yeah no if I if I had some kind of tragedy like that I think I would keep my other kids under a super watchful eye and I know that wouldn't be great for them because they need to go on with their lives but I think it would just be so hard to like let them go you know yeah um and you know I like I said there's not a lot of evidence in this case I love that Crime Stoppers is trying but I scoured the internet and could really find minimal information about it um but something that I do kind of love is that Detective Fuller, who was the lead at the time, he's now retired, but he is working with Crime Stoppers. And like, he's basically mm-hmm. like, my goal before I go is that I want to solve this case. Like, this is like his, you know, big thing he wants to do. Um, okay. So, yeah, I mean, that's really all there is on the case. I just, I felt like it was you know, a smaller one. I feel like we've done some really big heavy hitters recently and a longer, a lot longer episode. So thought something kind of shorter might be a good idea. Um, but yeah, like I, like I said, they didn't even name any, any suspects other than the girl he had walked with. And even for her, it was like, oh yeah, we don't have her name. We just like, it was fine. And part of me wonders if this is just like small town policing where they like totally searched, but just like, we're like, oh, well, Jim's a good guy. It probably wasn't Jim or something like that. But again, there was no mess, like mention of anything like that. So yeah, but you would kind of think small town, you would think it would feel really personal. Mm -hmm. You know, like everybody kind of knows everybody in that community. Yeah, you think the cops would be like very personal about it. You think there'd be a lot of pressure from the community. But it's yeah. just hard 
when, you know, there's no witnesses that said he left with somebody, you know, or a certain guy or a scary person or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And if that girl checked out as, you know, she didn't do it, which, you know, I do want to argue with you about, you know, there are some very strong women that could totally take somebody yeah. out with a bag. Um, there totally are. How but, Like, I'm just thinking of it logically. Like if she was at, I mean, today they're very strict about what you can bring into bars, I guess. But if she was at a bar, she didn't have a baseball yeah. bat. Like, you know, like that's well, like unless my she was though. Harley Quinn. That's true. Unless she had, <laughs> you know, somehow gone as Harley Quinn. Which in was the not 80s. a popular costume in the eighties. So, I mean, you know, we had the nineteen sixties Batman with Adam West. You never know; there could have been a Harley Quinn moment, but um, yeah. But that was, I'm telling you, I lived through the 80s. That was not a popular costume back then. Okay. I but I'm just you. saying, you know, yeah. So I don't, you know, I mean, but if they ruled her out, you know, okay. But yeah, that's just really sad to have no real leads or anything. Because then it just does feel like it's probably going to remain unsolved. And the poor yeah. parents, you know, to, you know, if you pass away never knowing what happened to your kid, that's got to be so hard. Yeah. And I mean, it sounds like his parents like really tried to keep the case alive. It sounds like the community does really care about the case. Like when um, in 2017, when Crime Stoppers got involved, like you just saw like on like the different news sites and things that reported it, like in, around the Buffalo area and things like they all were, were like so excited that they were bringing. Yeah, there's probably a desperation to get that kind of help, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it you know, it's, it's a really sad case. And, um, I just can't, I can't imagine like one, what the family went through obviously and what everyone else went through, but, um, well, especially, you know, like going out for a Halloween party, like being totally carefree and just excited about the night, like you're Mm -hmm. not expecting something like this to happen, you know? Yeah. Just, you know, you're in such a good place and to have something like this happen seemingly out of the blue without any warning. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just, it's so sad. Yeah. Yeah. But it, you know, it, I, I have faith in crime stoppers. Like if they are able to find anything, like I said, if detective Fuller is keeping things under wraps that we don't know about, maybe there is something that they could find. Maybe there was like anything you know a matchbook anything like that near the body but that's what like that's the thing they didn't mention anything was near the body it was just like he was in his costume he was covered in like some twigs and leaves and stuff that were on the ground and like all of that um and so yeah just very sad and he I guess the like bike path where or the like railroad where he was found like there's a bike path there now and apparently there's like a little memorial there I don't know what it is but that's you know heartwarming but yeah this case is a bit of a downer (laughs) yeah I thought would be good to good to tell good to talk about um so yeah I don't know but well I um I think since we're pretty much done with this case I (laughs) I did want to say you know because I was like deep diving for um you know my next story and mm-hmm. you know, but I found all these YouTube videos. And do you know who Sam and Colby are? No, I do not. Okay, so they're like two young people that like go to ghosty places and like film things and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had watched their episode, you know, after I watched um Shane and Ryan. Yes. Um, but I watched their episode of the next haunted place that I'm going to talk about. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it, the next episode that came up on their list was the Stanley Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So I wanted to say, like, to me, it was a little ridiculous because they were like trying to do a seance and everything. And they were like so freaked out about every little noise and everything. Um, but I was like, you know, when we were at the Stanley, there's definitely a vibe there and everything, but I never felt unsafe. You know, most of the ghosts, you know, other than the, um, the guy that kisses you or whatever, most of the ghosts are just like hanging out or folding your clothes or little kids laughing or whatever. So it didn't feel unsafe to me. And they were not in room 217, which is where, you know, apparently the scary things happen. Yeah. Um, so it was hilarious to watch them freaking out about every little noise because I'm like to me the Stanley didn't feel that way like there were no murders there there was nothing violent or aggressive and like I didn't feel that way when we were there um but it was funny to watch them because they're young and adorable and like (laughs) but they were terrified (laughs) well I felt the same way like I remember before or after we went to the Stanley it must have been after but you know I watched the bagel bites episode um of him at the stanley and oh i didn't know he's been there i should watch that too girl it's ridiculous (laughs) him with his my name is zach baggins like oh my god i but they probably did get from 217 right you know i don't remember i know they stayed in the haunted haunted room like the one that's actually yeah i was gonna say because these kids were in the the kids they were in their 20s but you know they were in the spirited room so they were in room 428 um oh cool nice yeah but but you know that's the room where the guy tends to kiss girls um Mm -hmm. and then i will say you know and i've never seen these guys before you know but apparently they have a huge following they are adorable um but uh they (laughs) there is this girl wandering the hotel by herself and they mm-hmm. were like, hey, well, like, do you want to, you know, she knew a lot about the Stanleys. So they were like, mm-hmm. hey, you want to wander around with us? And so she did. And so she was like kind of giving them a tour, telling them about the history of this and that. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, she seemed creepier than any of the ghosts. Like she just like would say things like she knew the history. And then she would like suddenly be very teary eyed. Mm-hmm. She'd be standing there staring off, you know, so to me, she seemed creepier than anything at the Stanley, but it felt to me a little bit like she knew who they were and then mm-hmm. she like wanted to be on film kind of vibe. And then at the yeah. end, she was like, oh, my family owns a haunted place in LA. You should come like a haunted forest. You should come. Mm-hmm. So I don't, to me, it seemed like she met them intentionally and was behaving weird intentionally. Um, yeah. But yeah, she was the creepiest part of the episode for me. <laughs> wow. Well, so anyway, I don't know who they are, but they're adorable. Um, but yeah, because I watched that Stanley episode, I was like, oh, it reminded me of when we were there. But we did not feel creepy when we were there. You know, I didn't really get a creepy vibe. I think I was more running on adrenaline because I was so excited to be there. Yeah. And yeah. then I think like there was a lot of like there's an energy. I think anytime you're in an old building, there's just energy and you feel it a little bit. Um, yeah. But yeah, nothing nothing that made me feel unsafe or afraid or anything like that and I will say I think there is the huge misconception that like a huge murder took place at the Stanley or anything and I want to like make that very clear no murder ever occurred at the Stanley Hotel people die at hotels all the time just because people have died at the Stanley Hotel and there was many that died of like tuberculosis because they were coming there to try to heal but I will say though they did that a lollipop thing for Lucy so they made a circle of lollipops standing them up you know mm-hmm. and um and then they left the room for a bit and when they came mm-hmm. back 
you know, I know you're going to think I'm going to say one of them had fallen over, but no girl, one of them was moved to a door like near the closet and standing up over there. So something had, and they had heard noises in the closet earlier and the hangers were moving. Hmm. So I think Lucy was messing with them. And she was like, I'm going to take this one out of the circle. And I'm going to bring it over here to my favorite closet hiding spot. And she had it standing up over by the closet. Well, you know, I love a mischievous ghost. Um, yeah. Like our lovely ghost, Millie, in our house um, that we haven't heard from in a while, but she's mischievous. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, that's my update just because I just watched that over the weekend and I thought it was hilarious, but they are adorable. And apparently they yeah. have a lot of followers, so. Oh, absolutely. And I actually, while we're here and we have time, I did want to acknowledge kind of a big elephant in the true crime world right now. Um, and that someone has been arrested in connection with Tupac's murder. Um, yes. And so y'all we planning, we, Alana and I were planning to do a Tupac Biggie keg uh, for November. But now that there's all this new stuff happening, we're going to yeah. have to put that off of it and see where this goes. Yeah. And I just want to say this is a suspect who has been involved in the case since the beginning. He is someone that people have interviewed multiple yep. times. He is someone yep. that has like if if he is actually either the gunman or was involved and they have enough evidence to arrest some very big names in the case could be going down as well. Um, yeah. And I just want to say, like, we know this is huge. I mean, it's been almost it has been 30 years almost in a couple of years and be 30. Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we want to, we were going to do it really soon, but I think we have to wait and see how this goes and we'll still do it. It will come, but um, yeah. Yeah. It was just like a huge piece well, of truth. Is, you know, he's my favorite rapper of all time. Sorry, Biggie fans. Um, but Tupac is where it's at for me. So I would be so happy if he finally got justice um, and yeah, I, I look forward to seeing how this all plays out and then covering it as a keg with, you know, Biggie's murder still being unsolved. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, um, I'd be so happy if his family finally gets just some justice. Yeah. I, you know, I, and I think even with Tupac and Biggie, like we both have a lot of reverence for both of them and their cases. And so like, we want to do yeah. the best possible job we can. So that's why we've been holding off on it anyway. But when this kind of came across our news screens, it was a perfect thing. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But um, is there anything else? You know, I was thinking about speaking of other um, just like true crime updates and things. That could be a fun like mini sewed thing we do on Patreon. Mm. Yeah, you know, and um, and I don't, you know, the other big thing that just came up in true crime is the Lady of the Dunes. She was she was identified, right? She was finally identified after all of these years. Um, you know, so you know, I don't know if people know that case. Probably, if you're listening to this podcast, you might because she's been covered a lot. But she was finally identified. Um, you know, after all these years, so that's a huge break in this case. Um, so it'll be yeah. interesting to see where that one goes too. Yeah, um, that would be a good, one to, be a good one to cover. Yeah, because she, for those of you who don't know, she was found murdered um, in Cape Cod in, in the 70s, right? I mean, it was a long time ago. Yeah, it was um, while, during the time when they were fil filming Jaws, because that was a part of it. There were a bunch yeah. of people that were just around that ended up being extras in the movie. And they yeah. were wondering if she was one of the people in the background. Well, and her 
her clothing matched one of the extras, right? That was yeah. like a thing. So we think she could have been an extra. They couldn't really prove if she was or not. Um, but they just but had yeah. never identified who she was. Yeah. So yeah. amazing that they've identified her even this long later. It's still incredible um, that yeah. they were able to identify her. So I hope I hope more comes of that case because that would be another great update. And even didn't they apparently identify the Somerton man? I know this was like a year ago, but they identified the Somerton man in Australia too. So I would yeah. like to do that as a, we could honestly do a full episode on him, but um, another yeah. one where, you know, his body at least was identified. So even though we might not know everything, at least we know that. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, this is the cool thing about true crime is like as technology advances, you know, and we have more and more, you know, options and resources to try to use to solve these cold cases. It really is cool to see how many of these old cases are finally getting, um, mm -hmm you know, some answers and hopefully getting some justice if the murderers are still alive, but at least getting the answers. Cause I think that's the hard thing for so many families is just not yeah. knowing what happened. I mean, yeah. I can't imagine knowing what happened to my loved one. Yeah. I mean, as, as horrible as it is, and that's gruesome and awful as some of these murders could have been, you know, I would rather know like, and that's, you know, I think a lot about, you know, with John Wayne Gacy, there's still, four or five that aren't identified of his victims yeah. and like that breaks my heart that there are still young men who have not been identified and um yeah they're working on it of course but it it's just one of those really horrible things like I could not imagine my child going missing and not knowing for 50 years what happened to them um so very very sad <laughs> yeah but when with those old cases, a lot of people probably, you know, because like DNA stuff was not a thing back then. And then it was newer, you know, in the nineties or whatever. So mm -hmm. a lot of those older cases, like families wouldn't even know to say, Hey, my kid's been missing. Please take my DNA to compare it with cold cases, you know? Yeah. Um, but now they're able to do that. But a lot of those older cases, you no know, parents are dead or um, people have just moved on, you know, and now that that technology is there, you know, a lot of times they're not going back to compare DNA because, you know, yeah. you know, people are not coming forward or they don't know who to, who to get that from. So it's very sad. Yeah. Well, and it's sad too. Like, I feel like um, this is kind of going off the rails a little bit, but it makes me think about, you know, like a couple of years ago, they proved, I don't know if you know about the Bobby Dunbar case, but you know, he had like been kidnapped and then recovered and, everyone told him he was Bobby Dunbar. So he believed it. But then, you know, they found with DNA evidence later, he was never Bobby Dunbar. So Bobby Dunbar is yeah. still missing and like that type of thing. And that could be a yeah. really interesting case we could cover later too. But because um, we still don't know where the boy is. So we can cover it. But yeah. it's just one of those really like, it's just DNA is like so amazing that it is giving answers to these old cases. But again, just so sad sometimes with those like realizations that could come out. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I've just been, I'm a fan of an old like 70s murder that's unsolved. <laughs> we all know that, which, yeah. well, this is 80s technically, which is why I did this one. But um, I had actually yeah. heard this on a mini sode. I think Morbid did it like really early in their podcasting time. And I was like, oh, I wonder if it's still a thing. So that's why I did this one. But well, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. And we appreciate all of you friends for sticking with us we are almost done with halloween season and then we are gonna get into the real holidays so who knows what's gonna happen i don't know but 
Okay, I'm gonna have to argue with you that Halloween is like my favorite holiday, so you cannot say it's not no, a real no. holiday. <laughs> no, Halloween is my favorite holiday, but I feel like the whole world loses its fucking mind. Like the second Halloween's over, everyone's like, ah, Christmas. Like I was actually talking to a friend about this the other day. I was like, oh, like, you know, I know everyone like freaks out about Christmas. Like day after Halloween, Christmas music goes up and whatever. But I was like, you know what? Halloween's the real holiday for me. Like I was like, I don't care about Christmas. Like yeah. <laughs> I was in a spicy meatball mood, but um, no, I agree with you. Halloween's a real holiday. I just feel like when it's the other holidays. For me, it's, it's Halloween is the funnest. Yeah, Halloween's the funnest, so it's my favorite. And then Thanksgiving is when, like, you know, we usually have, like, a big group come to Thanksgiving, like, 30 people. And, yeah. girl, I can cook. <laughs> Alana is my sous chef. Um, and, you know, but it's fun to have everybody come together. So Thanksgiving is probably my favorite, second favorite, because everybody comes together. Um, yeah. Even though we don't celebrate the reasons why Thanksgiving is a thing, we just celebrate it as a coming together. Thanksgiving, um, Thanksgiving is just an excuse because to see family because we have a four-day yeah. weekend we don't know why we have a four-day weekend we just do so yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding we know yeah. why obviously um but no Thanksgiving is one of those holidays where very very tragic roots but you know yeah. our family just we reclaimed we it as a coming together <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um but yeah no I'm just I I kind of love this time of year the fall the spookies the thanksgivings sometimes i do like christmas i just christmas i feel like it's always so chaotic so <laughs> to me it's like more yeah. stressful than anything else but um yeah i guess we will let you all go friends though i know we've rambled on quite a bit um <laughs> but we do appreciate you keep liking subscribing send us your spooky stories um let us know if you have been to any of our spooky locations or if you have any cool ghost stories or weird encounters with murderers, anything, we want to hear it. Um, and I think just keep our, our keg already came out by the time this comes out. I was going to say keep an eye out for our keg, but I guess keep an eye out for our flight coming out in a couple weeks. And other than that, yeah, thanks so much, friends. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye.